Hey everybody and welcome back to the Local Feed Show. My name is Azura and our guest today is Juvina Huang. One day, she decided to go on a journey on her Vespa. Yep, you heard me right, a Vespa. Halfway around the world that she thought she'd be back in 6 months, never expecting only to return between 7 months later. On this episode, we talk about going forward towards the unknown, even though there's so much uncertainties. Why she took a huge leap to do the unconventional, especially as a woman riding solo. Also, she shares on why it's important to let go. Before we get to it, if you want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. Uh, share an episode with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify and iTunes. Uh, if this is not your first episode, we truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to these amazing stories. Okay, so without further ado, remember, be bold and stay inspired. Here is Juvina Huang, The Wandering Wasp. Tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, because we, the reason we've invited you is because you're... I don't know whether you're the first. Are you the first to ride around the world for... Not not, not almost the world, right? So, um, solo rider? Woman rider? Uh, in Singapore? In Singapore. I, I've never really uh, checked any records mm-hmm. for that sense. Uh, but I know there are also a few other women who have done such uh, long trip as well okay. like there's this thing called the Mongol Rally okay you know, there's a Singapore rider who rode from the UK to Mongolia okay yeah so I don't think a lot of people know that but I, I met up with her because when I was in India I met a guy who said hey I know a Singaporean I met her during the Mongol Rally okay. right and then she said oh I didn't know that and then when I was back in Singapore and this guy was in, in Singapore as well. Both of us brought him uh, out. Okay. So that was when I met her for the first time. Okay. Yeah, so I, I've never really checked for the record. Okay. Mm. But so you just do it because it's, it's something that you've always wanted to do. Tell us a bit about what, how you got it started. As in, yeah. Okay, I first got my <coughs> riding license when I was, I think, 19. Yeah, it was a trip to Vietnam where I saw a lot of Vespas zipping around the streets yeah. and then it's like, hey, when I come back to Singapore, I want to get one of those. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got my license and then I got my Vespa scooter and that was like my ticket to freedom okay. and I do not have to rely on public transport anymore. Mm-hmm. I can just go anywhere I want. Okay. Uh, so, I got into the motorcycling community which is like a really diverse group. Mm-hmm. We meet a lot of people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm from the hawker mm-hmm. to the business owner to the doctors to everybody from different background mm-hmm. and, and then uh, I also got into dirt biking okay. so I bought myself also a KTM and also uh, went dirt biking in Malaysia and Singapore okay. with uh, encouragement of this uh, particular friend called Lawrence okay. so uh, he always tell me uh, it is the rider not the bike mm-hmm. because at that time I was struggling with a really tall uh, scramble with the KTM. Yeah, the KTM okay. driver. Both my feet cannot touch. <laughs> so it's only one feet. You know? <laughs> uh, they call it Captain Morgan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's how literally how sometimes on the bike, right? Yeah, yeah Captain Morgan. Morgan. You know, you have one leg yeah, just yeah, okay. on or over the seat. Okay. So that was how. I, uh, yeah, I rode the 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 KTM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think thanks to him. 
I have more confidence in myself. You know, I say, hey, you know, actually, if I try, I can do it. Uh, so I shouldn't like always doubt myself, lah. Mm-hmm. And then also I don't do compete competitions. And he himself is also a very introvert rider. Okay. So uh, he always go for a long distance trip on very unconventional, but on very unconventional uh, motorcycle mm-hmm. such as the Kakya. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rode to Thailand. He rode the DRZ four hundred to North Thailand okay. with the mother as a pillion. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he was planning to ride to the border of China through Laos with mm-hmm. another good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So they were planning for this trip for many months. Okay. And then just uh, one week before he was supposed to set off my friend, mm-hmm. he unfortunately died in an accident. Okay. And that time he wasn't uh, driving. Actually, he wasn't riding a motorcycle, but okay. he was driving a van. Okay. Uh, so it made me realize the brevity and uncertainty of life. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just thought myself, you know, if I'm going to die tomorrow, why do I really want to make out of this lifetime? And what I really want to do? Okay. I really want to just follow um, societal expectation of you. you just go okay, go to school, find a good husband, wife, get married, settle down, and then just live your life out just mm-hmm. like that, and just settle down. But you know, when you when you die, you have eternity to settle down six feet under. Oh, <laughs> don't you think so? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I I live by that rule. You you don't know what's gonna happen to you the next yeah. day. Yeah. Say, why don't you want to settle down? Hey, I have like eternity to settle down mm-hmm. when I when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. So um, it was actually the idea to ride to Europe um, was actually came up in a casual com- conversation with a friend. Okay. And at that time, there was another Singaporean couple who was riding around the world on okay. a Honda African Twin. Okay. But so they're right, they are rider and pillion, right? Yeah, okay. husband and wife. Okay. So we uh, <coughs> uh, were saying like, hey, you know last time Lawrence always said, it is a rider, not the bike. Um, I thought we just ride whatever we have to, um, you know, yeah. or just ride around the world with whatever we have. Okay. And that idea kind of really stuck to my mind. And then actually at that time, there were also a few other friends were keen okay. but I guess over time uh, priority changes mm-hmm. you know in the family uh, situation financial situation changes so not everybody can commit to just drop everything and just go on such a trip um, so I, I, gave, I gave myself a deadline uh, so I saved uh, I was working a few jobs mm-hmm. I was running two, two, three jobs in a day mm-hmm. selling things online just and selling things that I don't need anymore mm-hmm. um, to save up for the to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave myself a deadline, okay, May, mid, uh, sorry, uh, mid-2015, okay. I, I want to leave for my trip. So this is, so when you had the planning, it was like maybe two years, 2013? Yeah, around three and a half years. Okay. When the idea started, I had like three and a half years. Okay. Okay, but At that time, there was still, you know, friends were really keen. Yeah. But over time, our plans just mm-hmm. change. I, I just give myself a deadline. Okay, 2015, mid 2015. If I nobody is still on it, then I'm going alone. Mm-hmm. If nobody is gonna come with me, I don't think that going alone is a excuse not to go. So because you know, I think you encounter instances where you are planning trips with friends. Yeah. Don't talk about travelling for two years, just a two maybe a one week or two week holiday. <laughs> well everybody oh okay. so gangho want to go together and then you realise that the group the smaller, group smaller. smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. and then maybe you, you are the only one yeah. left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you 
keep waiting for people, you know, sometimes it never happen. Mm. You have, you got to make it happen. Okay. Yeah, so uh, May 2015, uh, I packed up, loaded everything on my scooter, uh, and just set off from the block of, of my HDB flat there, wave to my family, friends. And then I didn't come home after, until 27 <laughs> months later. I thought, okay, eight to nine months later, I'll come back. And then it turned out to be 27 months. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to stop you a bit. I'm okay. just, I want to ask you, so how did, how did that moment felt when you said goodbye to your to the to your loved ones, I'm assuming they're the ones just the support and loved ones, right? I mean, I mean, is it is that a bit of fear that you feel that you're gonna go on this journey on your own? I mean, I mean, what were you feeling? Do you still remember that feeling when you first set up, set off? Confusion. Okay. Uh, scared. Okay. The moment really starts when because all along ever since I was nineteen years old, I've been holding a job. Okay, so. Uh, the really the moment that really defines that I'm really going to do it mm-hmm. is when I wrote my resignation letter. Okay. So they, I, and at that time I've been working at Temasek Poly for six years already. Okay. So I was like, this is it. I'm really dropping this job. Mm-hmm. No turning back. <laughs> so that was the uh, definite uh, turning point. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, yeah, I was like applying for visa, this paperwork, and then the, I think the day before I was supposed to set off, I couldn't sleep because there's a lot of what ifs. Mm. Like, okay, if I come back, what if I cannot find a job? What if uh, something happened to me? What if I have run out of money? What if I run out of fuel halfway? What if my bike back break down in the middle of nowhere? A lot of what if, but I have to also ask myself, are they rational or not? Yeah, sometimes you know, we, and then people ask me like, are you scared during these two years on the trip? What's the scariest things? And one thing I realized is mm-hmm. the scariest things is your human imagination. <laughs> really, your human imagination is scarier than the world out there. Okay, that's very interesting. I will, I will touch base on that. Okay, then okay, you were saying? Okay. Yeah, so... <clears throat> I realized how scared I was and when I was on the trip, mm-hmm. hey, it wasn't that bad. Okay. So the first step was really the hardest. Mm-hmm. The first step to really step out and just drop everything and go. I think that's the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. And then after that it was you just go with the flow. So for a while you just let, let life take over you. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that comes that comes and then instead of trying to be so much in control of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just go with the flow. After it's like Easy. <laughs> yeah, the first step is the hardest. Okay. And then coming back also is hard. Yeah. Why coming back is hard? <clears throat> I think because uh, you've been to so many places, you come, you gain lots of perspective, mm-hmm. and you see things beyond your social construct mm-hmm. and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And I think you you realize that there's so much more out there in the world rather than this way of living, this way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And you, it makes you question why you want to come back okay. to that, confine in that box again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a mixed feeling. One thing is I, I look forward to looking my family again after 27 months. Because mm-hmm. I didn't fly back home at all during those times I was. Even when my grandmother passed away, I didn't come back. Okay. Yeah, because the nearest flight was just too far away. Okay. And, but my family understands. So when I left home that day as well, it was also like a final farewell okay, to, your to 
Um, a few things, okay? One is my grandma, she was at that time close to 100 years old. Oh, okay. Okay? And also to my dog. Just a few months before uh, I set off, he was diagnosed with heart problem. So I was preparing that that was the last time. Okay. I mean, it's, it must have been a very difficult journey for you in that sense. Okay, please. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I, because uh, my dog passed away four months after I came back. So, there was, uh, he waited for me. Uh, okay. So that was uh, one of the biggest, uh, how to say, some of the things that I have to let go before I left. So it's really a lot about letting go. I think letting go is really hard. So I just thought my dog. <laughs> okay, but I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, I don't know, I, I mean, sitting here, I guess Akila and me can really say that you're very brave in that mm -hmm. sense. Because I mean, to leave everything behind and you don't know what's, what's, what's ahead of you. Mm -hmm. How do you, I mean, like, like you said, right, people have this certain stigma about the places that you've been. For example, mm -hmm. Iran, Pakistan, you know that, right? The diversity, you know, people are afraid of. Um, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I need some tissue. Tissue, first. <laughs> tissue okay, okay. I will get you some tissue. No, it's like second person. Can't <laughs> talk and you cry. Yeah, it's emotional. Yeah, emotional. Just now, at my friend's studio, I was playing with my friend's dog. Yeah, it reminds you of. Uh, I think SM must have uh, tissue next to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. 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 Okay, 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 Everything, I mean, the road, the journey can be dangerous. I mean, what have you learned throughout the 27 months? I mean, you've been to so many countries, and I think being on the road is a, I mean, being a, a, alone on the road is a scary journey. Uh, How do you, what have you learned, or what can you share with us? Uh, one thing I realized that a lot of our perception of uh, countries and the people. Mm -hmm are formed by media mm -hmm. because we personally haven't been there yes and we all know that in a lot of times in media they sell things that attract your attention right. mm -hmm. such as rape murder kidnap torture war mm -hmm. these are news that sells mm -hmm. and uh, so we have this perception you know we only see one side of a story but we don't see the other side so when I travel, like for example, uh, India, I was really telling you about, uh, you know, there are a lot of girls that got raped, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And when I first stepped off uh, into India, after crossing Myanmar, I had an apprehension. Yeah. But the first day in India, I had some problem with my gasket. Okay. And then at the time, I was still with the, a group of our bikers uh, who from different countries crossed Myanmar together. So at the time, we were still around and they were trying to help me fix my um, scooter okay. and of course there was like a, a group that surround us mm -hmm. 
but they were like helping to pour water to wash our hands, pass us tools. Mm -hmm. And one guy actually brought me to go and find some uh, materials to make something for my scooter. Okay. This oh. was you were alone or with a Oh, you were still with the girl? Yeah, I was still okay. with a group of bikers okay. who crossed Myanmar together. That was our first day in India. Okay. And then subsequently, I was uh, put in touch with um, other motorcyclists from a different motorcycle club in different cities as well. And then um, also there are like people, I dropped my scooter at one place and then this guy was like, Oh, you okay? Uh, but the uh, language is language barrier. Okay. And then I, he asked me where I'm going and I said I'm going uh, somewhere to meet a friend. Mm -hmm. So normally even though I'm alone and not meeting a friend, I'll say that I'll, I always give people impression that somebody is really expecting me. Okay. So he was like, oh okay, we are going same way, you just uh, same way until somewhere, but uh, just follow me. Okay. So they follow, well, I followed him, follow, 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 and then he stopped the car. Okay. I'm like, oh no. Okay. <laughs> no. But then he just come out of the car and then he said, Oh, we have to go separate way now. Okay. I give you my number. Mm -hmm. A problem? Call me. Okay. You know, and then we went our separate way. Okay. So, I in the end, I ended up spending three and a half months in India, mm -hmm. traveling starting from the east, where people look like me, okay. until to the west, where people look like they're the Punjabi people. Okay. They look different. So I realized that India is such a big and diverse country. Mm -hmm. You cannot paint a country, such a diverse country with a single paintbrush. So maybe all the rapes that you read of, it happens in the Assam region. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I felt okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I cannot speak for places like Delhi mm -hmm. uh, or like Goa or other big cities because I've never been there. I cannot tell them they are safe. Mm -hmm. But other areas, I went to Jammu Kashmir, I went to Meghalaya, okay. where it's a, it's a matrilineal society. Do you know that women over there has more economic freedom over there? Really? When children are born, okay. the children take after their mother's name, not the father's name. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Inheritance goes a bigger share to the daughters. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when the guy married the youngest daughter of the family, the guy had to move in to the daughters family with the parents. Wow, okay. And then when I was uh, in this village in Konongryap, it's a one and a half hour trek there. I saw like kind of saw the gender role reversal. So the mother is a teacher, she goes to school to with her children to teach, you know. Uh, father stayed at home with the two year old toddler with the in the, in the piggy yeah. in, the, in the back and he was cleaning a house cooking for the guests. Wow, okay. So they're running a homestay. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a matrilinear society over there and then in some other place maybe it's a patriarchal society so it is such a diverse country you cannot just say that you know they are what uh, rapists or Pakistani are terrorists mm -hmm. on, on the other hand on Pakistani on the Pakistani I think they are one of the most hospitable people ever mm -hmm. I was in the country for four and a half months okay. But I hardly had to stay in a hotel because okay. many of them open up their homes to me. Really? Yes. Okay. So they're okay. okay. And they will go to all ways to try to uh, uh to please their guests. Mm -hmm. One gentleman almost tried to slaughter two goats to welcome me. Until my host <laughs> remind him, no, she's <laughs> a vegetarian. <laughs> you don't eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that is how much they go to please their guests. Yeah.
<laughs> <laughs> yeah. and tea. Mm. So much I just got invited to someone's home <coughs> and this this gentleman I was planning to camp initially. Okay. Then uh this gentleman invited me uh, to his place to stay with his family. Okay. And when I got to his place he say uh okay my house your house same same you me <laughs> yeah in limited English. Yeah, well, I mean, these are some of the countries I spend the longest time, you know, and you realize that most people are just like you and me. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't see enough of this side on the news. Right. And plus, I think there's, I mean, do you, do you feel that, people, like you said, people always see, tend to see the one side of the story and they tend to be a bit more judgmental, even though they don't know the other side of the story mm-hmm. of who people really are and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, because you've actually met these people and you kind of like, you know, give people a chance in that sense to get to know them mm-hmm. before you actually uh, pass on judgment. Correct? Yeah, like, so I think <coughs> traveling or you don't even have to travel to really meet people. What if like people who come to your place, say hi to them, talk mm-hmm. to them. I think it is the connection that break down prejudice and all your whatever biases, that personal biases that you have. Yeah. So even like even if you cannot afford to travel, why not uh, join the meetups? Couchsurfing is meetups is a good place to you know, meet travelers from different countries. Talk to them, then you you will realize that actually they are not what you really think they are. Mm-hmm. So right now, now that I'm back in Singapore, I reciprocate the gesture by hosting mm-hmm. um, some travelers as well. Yeah. So when they come to Singapore, they stay at my home. My parents get to meet them. And again, you know, sometimes they have this perception or oh, they don't do this, they cannot do this, they, they are like that, like that. I was like, go and talk to her. I cannot say you if you want to know whether they, they do this or do that, they cannot do it. Go and ask her because sometimes they are fine with it. Like for example, Iranians. Yeah. Yes, it's a Islamic uh, Republic of Iran, mm-hmm. but in that country, I think it is the country in Asia where I drink the most alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol is banned. I mean, alcohol sale is banned. Okay. But people <coughs> there drink because they don't associate with the religion that the government is pushing out on them. Yeah. It's yeah. the same as in to, to give them choices in that sense, right? Yeah. So you shouldn't, I realize that you cannot mix uh, people and government together. They do not represent each other. Yeah. 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 That's true. Mm. That's true. Okay, I want to ask you. Because you mentioned that uh, there's a lot of hospitality, hospitality that people are very nice, very mm-hmm. um, open to having you and stuff. But have you ever felt during your journey that that were there like moments or times where you feel unsafe, or has anything, you know, uh, a moment of doubt or something happened? Yes, I did. <coughs> Not say uh, unsafe, but uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Like for example, you 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 want to build up intuition over time okay. like dealing with people like people will ask you questions people are curious about you yeah. because they never seen like a foreigner look, look like you before they'll ask you questions yeah. so to check their intention ask them back questions mm-hmm. don't just and don't need to answer honestly yeah. <laughs> if they say that are you married <coughs> you say that yeah i'm married you know, <laughs> okay 
Yeah, you try to ask them question mm-hmm. and uh, try to get their intention. If they like hesitate in replying you, mm-hmm. then uh, you know something is up. Uh. Okay. If they are like very open mm-hmm. to you telling you everything, yeah. you feel that they are very natural in the conversation, then probably this guy is, is, is sincere or this family is sincere. Okay. And also, um, I think if somebody is very pushy, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to invite you to their home. If somebody is very pushy, mm-hmm. then that is also a sign. sign. Yeah. yeah, because usually they're respectful of guests. Mm-hmm. If they have other agenda, mm-hmm. then they will force it on you yeah. and you obligated yeah. kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, of <coughs> course, are, these are things that you learn along yeah. the way. Yeah. You, don't, you don't, and also maybe to put on a beach face. <laughs> okay. Yeah, really, like, in some <coughs> cultures, like, if you smile at a man, they may think that you have romantic interest in mm, them. Okay. So it's not like over here, you can just smile yeah, and yeah. just being friendly. But if you, over other countries, you have to put on a beach face. But, like, but the European countries, though, are they more friendly? Like India and Iran, all that, if you, I mean, they're a bit more, I mean, if you were to smile at them, you mentioned they might be interested, right? But like European countries, are more friendly open in that sense, right? Or, I don't know, but I still maintain yeah. not okay. Okay, la. Okay, la, I still more, a bit more open, more friendly because people there are more friendly. If if I don't see op- opposite gender smiling at each other on the street, then I don't. Mm-hmm. If I see them do that normally, mm-hmm. then I do. Okay. So when in Rome, do as a Roman Romans do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it really depends on the situation, like how I um interact with the opposite gender, it really depends on the different countries. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like for example in Ita- Italy, uh-huh. it's very common for you to hug and yeah. kiss as a greeting. Yeah, correct. But if somebody were to do that to me in Pakistan, I was like back off. Because <laughs> I know it's not in your culture yeah. to do that. Yeah. Correct. You know, so you know what is appropriate in your culture, then okay. Then you roughly know what is their intention. Mm-hmm. Because I ever like intention like people trying to take photo with me and they were like a bit touchy, mm. you know. And then I was like, hey, distance, yeah. Okay, but do they ever? I mean, have you like encountered like sometimes people when sometimes when you reject people, like, they get more like edgy, like ang- aggravated by that action or no? Haven't you so don't far, encounter? No, so but I always reject with a smile. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so no, thank, you. thank you, thank you. You know you you. you be nice with them. It's more difficult for them to be like rude to you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, on the road, right? Because um, you you riding you rode the Vespa. Um, maintenance wise, how was it? As in, because then you you did you know how to 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 repair your own bike or you learn as you little bit. I I was pretty much a mechanical idiot before <laughs> I left. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I I learned along the way. Oh, I did my first overhaul in Bangkok. Okay. I didn't overhaul in Singapore because mechanics like, hey, your bike still can run. Like, mm. Just go. But on because they're, th- they're thinking about Singapore roads, right? Yeah. They're thinking about those roads. They don't understand the extent I'm really going and I really need a complete overhaul. Mm. And fortunately, I met a mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, their husband and wife who runs this shop in Bangkok and they themselves they are they do long distance uh, touring like Laos, Cambodia. So they know the condition that 
the bike needs the, to be the, the bike needs to be in. So I, I was glad that I overhauled my scooter in Bangkok, okay. and it was cheaper there as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and they taught me they were willing to show me the ropes. Okay. They were teaching me how to change the clutch plate and things to look out for. Okay. I'm not sure if the mechanics in Singapore <laughs> have time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Wow, so that means 27 months, 27 months along the way you just go with the flow and then learn as, as whatever, then come, come with me right in that sense, right? Yeah. As in whatever happens, so you got to just pick it up from there. Yeah, I like don't, I think the longer your journey is, the less planning you have to do. Mm -hmm. Like for example, countries like Armenia and Georgia, it wasn't in my plan at all. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be in Iran and then I went down to the Armenian embassy because there are two ways I can go mm -hmm. after Iran, mm -hmm. Azerbaijan, mm -hmm. Armenia mm -hmm. and Turkey. Okay. okay. So I just went to Armenia okay. embassy in, in Tehran and they say, oh, the visa, six US dollar and three working days. Wow. Okay. Like, okay, I just give, pass them my visa, everything. Okay, I'll, I'll pick up my, my visa later on and then I went to Armenia. And then I know Georgia is visa free, Turkey is visa free, so having a Singapore pa passport is really a privilege. We don't have to pay a lot. Not like for my Indian friend, mm -hmm. he had to pay almost like 600 US dollars just to get visa for Europe and Mongolia. Wow, okay. Okay, we are very privileged. Okay. Mm. To have a Singapore passport. Yeah. Okay. We, are, we have the ability to actually arrive at the airport mm -hmm. and decide where we want to go. But not for other nationality. They have to go through humiliation, lots of paperwork. Like you know, my Pakistani friend took six months to get the US visa. Really? Yeah. 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 But these are the things. Yeah. We. I mean, in that sense, that's why you say Singapore is privileged in that sense that we can. Mm -hmm. We should be blessed, like in that sense, right? That mm -hmm. we we have that that. Yeah, we are blessed to have the passport. And then when I was uh, volunteering at a soup kitchen in Serbia, mm -hmm. because that is the last frontier before the EU. Okay. Lots of them were stuck there. Um, many of them are from Afghanistan and some okay. from Pakistan. And for them to cross the border, to get to where they were in Serbia, mm -hmm. they had to suffer abuse by police. They get beaten by dogs. They got robbed. Yeah, and because they are from a country that hold a passport that doesn't allow them to go into countries easily and why they want to get out of their country because situation over there forced them to leave yeah. and then for me, I hold my passport I want to go to Croatia, next day I can go to Croatia I want to go to Bosnia, I can do that but for them, they have to sneak into trucks to get across It's yeah. actually, it's, I mean, it's it's very sad to hear in that sense that because these this borders, these kind of invisible borders mm -hmm. are restricting people to move around the world. It's a free world at the end of the day, yeah. right? It makes me realise the superficiality of borders. Mm -hmm. You can be a good person holding the wrong passport mm -hmm. and uh, not be allowed in. Like so many of the Afghan refugees, they are just seriously trying to get out of an undesirable situation and really start a new life. Because mm -hmm. During the, at the soup kitchen, we work with them. Yeah. So they come down and also they do the cooking as well. You know? Some of them are very active in, in helping to make everybody's life comfortable. They're a good person, but they cannot. Under such circumstances, and just yeah. because they have the wrong the, the, the yeah. passport. Yeah, and then uh, you can be a bad person holding the right passport and you still be allowed in. Welcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a superficiality of borders.
You know, at the abandoned barrack where all the refugee um, uh, asylum seekers they are staying, mm -hmm. there was there's a lot of graffiti, mm -hmm. and then they they talk about some of them talk about their journey, and then some of them talk about their homes, and one of the graffiti it says that no one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. Mm -hmm. I have that photo with me still. Uh, yeah. In, yeah. In, instead of trying to block people from coming in, we should ask it ourselves, why are they leaving in the first yeah. place? Yeah. yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, ha I don't know. I mean, through, through this journey, has it, have you ever, have you ever thought that you would, because right now, right, you are, you, 27 months has filled you with a lot of knowledge experiences throughout mm -hmm. the journey, right? Have you ever felt that you could have you would have opened up to so much things in that sense if you just stick around like you know doing your normal I don't know the usual nine to five and stuff like that because I don't think so if I never like leave my job and just go I wouldn't have realized so much thing I realized that there's so endless possibilities out there <laughs> even right now I come back I I was thinking, I should I can't go back to a nine to five job, but I, I didn't, mm -hmm. and I I'm glad glad that I didn't because there were a lot of other opportunities open up to me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you need to drop something, mm -hmm. then you get new opportunities in right. which keep clinging on to your old ways or old ideas. Nothing new can come here. Yeah. So sometimes when when you have nothing already, you are just like you you have nothing at stake. Mm -hmm. Which is like, okay, I'll just do it. Mm. And th that is really liberation. I think liberation is not just, you know, in terms of movement, me being to go, but also liberating yourself from attachment, mm. like attachment to ideas, mm. uh, attachment to a kind of like a societal expectation, mm. or attachment to your materials. Yeah, I mean, can I say that it's something like minimalism? In that sense, that yeah, you in have to everything and then you just got to. Yes. Like okay, right now uh, I I travel with my scooter, right? Yeah. The, like the scooter is ev everything I have is on that scooter. So actually, this is also kind of like a liability to me when I travel because I have to think about where to park it. Is it safe? And what if I break down? And what 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 if this and that? And you know there was actually this guy he traveled with nothing. On a not bike? even a camera. No, he doesn't even have a bike. He hitchhiked all the way. Wow. Okay. So I try to put myself in his shoe. Okay. What if I do not have my bike? I don't have a lot of money. So I just hitchhike away. Maybe I forage for food. I have nothing on me. What else do I need to protect? Mm -hmm. And that is really true liberation. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned that. I want to ask you. I mean, because um, when I was when me and my partner was in Nepal, mm -hmm. we actually met this cyclist. His name is Javier. So he's, he was, he's from Spain, so he cycled all the way, now he's in China. Mm. The thing is, right, because I mentioned, because I asked him, like, um, because he's a guy, in that sense, right? Mm. How, I mean, people will have this, this thought at the end of their minds that, is it, is it safe for a girl to be going solo, to ride solo, you know, to do things solo, especially mm. to ride or, you know? Because I asked him, have you ever encountered any women, uh, any uh, women cyclists? He said, no majority are guys that travel the world bicycles mm -hmm. and stuff like that so what, what are your thoughts on that i mean yeah i think in some way yes uh the women we are there we are more vulnerable in the mm -hmm. sense that you know sometimes people last for for for, for women yeah okay 
But I think men are no exception at times. Okay. Okay, but I think uh, women are more susceptible to it. Mm. But at the same time, I think people have a more, they are tend to be more protective of women. Okay. Why do you say that? Okay, like I give you an example. Okay. When I was in Pakistan, mm-hmm. okay, uh, I entered Pakistan with another German biker. Okay. He's also a male okay. and solo. And I and then so we were in Pakistan around the same time. Mm-hmm. We travel independently, sometimes we meet mm-hmm. and then we left his meet again. Uh and then we left and went to Iran and I met him again. Okay. And we were exchanging our experiences. So we pretty much know the same biking bikers in the community, okay. and I told him that yeah, I know I was staying with so many families over there, mm-hmm. and for him, right, he met a lot of bikers, but he never met the wife okay. of the biker. But for me, as a woman, I have two advantage. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, because I'm a woman, I can get in touch with the woman's world, mm-hmm. and also because I'm a guest. Mm-hmm. I'm not subjected to the societal rule, I, and I'm also a biker. Mm-hmm. I get to know the male-dominated biking community okay. as well. Okay. So I was able to go to both worlds, but for my German biker friend, mm-hmm. he couldn't go the other side, okay. you see. So is it just the male, male yes. side? Yes, okay. and let's say because gender segregation is um, the norm yeah. uh, in society, uh, in like social setting, mm-hmm. so, uh, and when I stay with family, I think it is less imposing on the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for my German friend, he stayed with some uh, families. It's like every time he come back, the heart, the wives are hidden away somewhere. <laughs> you know, okay. so as a woman, it's less imposing to host me than to host a solo male. Okay, that's what I I think. Okay, yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean, I guess so because I guess because the 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 male, I mean the. Guests, males, the husbands are, I guess, you know, more open to women so that they can. Because if guy, guy, I mean, the that you, you mentioned right, the German, it'll be quite yeah. So it's like you know, you shouldn't see my wife. <laughs> 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 because it's still a very patriarchal yeah, society. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, correct. It's true. It's true. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, gender segregation in a lot of uh, situation. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, I want to touch uh, based on. How do you actually get through day by day? You know, because I mean, it's mentally. Does it? Does it? Is it very draining for you mentally? No, really. Okay, I think <laughs> I go based on how I feel. Who are you? Okay, okay. Yeah, because the thing is, I do not have a schedule to keep. Mm. The only schedule is the visa when the visa runs okay, out. Okay, that's true. Okay, okay. so uh. Yeah, when, when when visa is not an issue actually You just it was really pretty free and it yeah, so it depends I stay, mm-hmm. come to a place. I don't know how long I will stay actually. Sometimes I end up staying like for two weeks, three weeks. I, I don't know. It depends okay. on how I feel about the place. Okay. If I want to rest for another day, because I know not every day there are some days that you just feel down. Mm-hmm. You just want to rest and just do nothing. Okay. Okay, there's some days that you just want to go hiking, trekking, and go to so many places. So it depends. It depends on your mood. You, I don't think you should because you have a long journey ahead. If you just want to push yourself every day, mm-hmm. you are going to exhaust yourself. Mm-hmm. And you won't enjoy it at the end of the day. You won't enjoy it. Just exhausting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're gonna uh, close up a bit. So there's a few questions that I would like to ask you. Okay. Um, what is your why 
the drive that you get every morning when you wake up? What is your why? Why? My why is... What is there out there? <laughs> okay. What is... What is there out there for me to discover? anybody to meet, anything to see, anything to experience. Because sometimes it's very exciting that every day you just learn something. Yeah. Okay. So it's your discovery in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Like it feels that you have this like curiosity and you just feel it then. Okay. <laughs> Adventurous. <laughs> okay, um what is something that most people that what is something that you're most um proud of that most people don't know about you? I saw that question. <laughs> I think maybe secretly I found myself I think I'm very adaptable. Okay. I mean I can I mean I can foresee that twenty seven months and you maybe we even know. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> know but maybe okay. I'm proud that I'm able to let go mm. when I there's a need to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's very admirable. I mean for me to let go of everything. I mean I, I can't yeah. Um uh, it's not easy but when you manage to do that it's like Is it a very enlightening it's very enlightening like a burden of your shoulders. Yeah. It's like okay. But then at, at the same time <laughs> sometimes there's a societal expectation that no you are like just escaping. But they don't know you, so they don't know what the journey is. They think that you're escaping. Okay. But for me, I'm not escaping. I'm just want to just live my life like that. You know, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Because I still came back, and it's not like I'm still on the road. But I still want to go back on the road. But I don't see why that I have to confine myself in here. Yes, my family are here. Mm -hmm. But there's so much thing out there as well. Yeah. You mentioned the societal, sorry, I'm just going to uh, touch base on You mentioned the society and stuff like that, right? I mean, what do, you, what do you usually, what is your reply to them in that sense? As in, they say that you're escaping or this shouldn't be something that you're doing or whatever. I say, <coughs> I say that do you sometimes feel frustrated by things like you have bills to pay, you have all these things to do. What if I tell you that? There are other ways because out there in the world, there are many other ways that how people deal with their life. Mm. Okay, not everybody has like internet, mm. but they're still happy. Okay, not everybody has a running tap, but they have a flowing river. Mm. They still got enough to drink. Yeah. No, they just have to go and fetch water, mm. and they're still happy. Yeah. So. Yeah, you really. I think really, if you want to be happy, you have to search for deep within, uh, and not be let the external surrounding determine your happiness. I guess in in yeah. a sense, everyone has their own definition of happiness. Yeah. In a sense, right? And we shouldn't impose our what it means, what our happiness means to another person's happiness, yeah. right? In that sense. See, yeah, you may be happy when <coughs> you have the latest phone or something later, but to another person, happiness may mean on the road, mm. maybe without a phone. At, at, at some point, I want to teach away my phone because <laughs> I feel that it was taking away my experience of traveling. Okay. So the liberating part was two months because my smartphone was damaged. Okay. So two months I didn't have a smartphone. Okay. I didn't have a GPS. Okay. And I didn't use WhatsApp for two months. Okay. Nothing. 
okay, but I feel so much connected mm. on the ground with the people. Because mm. when I'm lost, I have to ask people for direction. And then I don't have Google Translate, I'm forced to learn how to say certain food and certain names. Okay. Yeah, so and then sometimes they hear me speaking Turkish <laughs> and they were like, Oh, joke is it? Okay, you know, there's this connection, you know, without all these fancy yeah. gadgets. Yeah. yeah, it's more convenient, like, it took me more time to find places, but uh, I get more interesting experience at home. Right. Right? I mean, human connection is very important, right? Yeah. In that sense, right? I think as a country, society <laughs> develops, right? We get so much advanced. Our human connection is dwindling. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel. That's why I feel very connected in the places where, like in the village where there's no road access. Mm-hmm. I feel that there's still so much community spirit, like those kampong spirit mm-hmm. in the olden days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about me, 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 individual, but it's about flourishing as a community, as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I I I hear you there when you say that human connection is very important mm-hmm. in that sense. Okay. Um, what is your most humbling experience? Humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Can it be anything throughout your travels or people that you've met or uh, something that you've learned. Like I would never want to impose, you know, what is good on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes. You learn to see that when you're with them, staying with their in in their community. Mm. Uh, like this village that I went to, they had no road access. Okay. They have electricity. They don't have um, like all the fancy uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember I stayed there for five days, mm-hmm. and really they have a beautiful place. Community is small. They have enough to eat because the surrounding provides for them. Mm-hmm. They have clean water to drink and so people still live in dignity you see then when I left uh, the village I finally got internet connection people were messaging me oh you know in India there are some people so poor you know we should be lucky be fortunate of ourselves and then I think back on on my experience over there Mm -hmm. are they really suffering (laughs) yeah like Yes, they have to go and fetch water, but over here we have to slog our way at work to pay bill for water bill. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's a different kind Correct. of struggle. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that, yes, their life is bad or our life mm. is better. Mm. Okay, we are under, in, in a city, we are under so much tremendous mental stress in the hustle and bustle of okay. our everyday life. But for them, yes, but it's more laid back. Yes, they have to go and fetch water, they have to go and harvest things, they have to go hunting. Yeah. But who are, who are we to who say are we that? To judge? Yeah, yeah. And then, <coughs> I remember uh, asking them um, like about like hospital, like medical care. Mm-hmm. And then he, he replied saying, our people here hardly fall sick. Mm-hmm. You know, over here we don't eat junk food, mm-hmm. we don't, uh, all our things are from natural. Mm-hmm. And our kids walk to school like maybe half an hour mm-hmm. or even one hour every day. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of activities, they are really healthy, so they never see like that as such a big issue. Mm-hmm. Not like here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's a very interesting thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very interesting thought. Um, I wanted to ask you the three truths. Okay. Three lessons that you want to share something, three three lessons that you want to share? If let's say today was your last day on earth, 
Mm-hmm. What are the three things that you would like to share with people out there? Do uh, mm. last year or never? Yes. Do whatever you want. <laughs> 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 Do whatever you want, and then uh, try to leave nothing unsaid. Mm-hmm. And the last, last one was to. Uh, okay, I really don't know. Just smile. <laughs> Just really, if you die, be kind. Smile, dying. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I wanna. Uh, uh, I just want to ask you if if a girl, if a lady, a woman, or something to approach you for advice and ask you, should they do, should they do this, like. Riding solo and stuff like that. What would you say to them? I would just say go ahead and do it. But then what if they say that? What, but you know, people say it's dangerous and stuff like that. It's not safe. Okay. Uh, Rumi, you know Rumi, the poet. Yeah. The Persian poet. Yeah. He has a saying. Before you go on a journey, never ask advice from those who never step out of their home. <laughs> This is what I experienced. Okay. <laughs> People who never really go to this country, they will always be very, uh, they will always tell me blah 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 the things they will tell you the things they heard from the news. Okay. Uh, I got a friend tell me, oh you were Iran, uh, they cut hit there. <laughs> no, I was like Iran since when was Iran <laughs> affected by ISIS? Uh-huh. It's Iraq, not Iran. You know, people don't know the difference <laughs> in these two countries. They just generalize. They generalize the entire Middle East as a very problematic place. Okay. Yeah, they just like clump everything together. That's why I say you cannot paint the entire region with a single paintbrush. Like just for like India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. This in Pakistan, I've been to places where they are very socially developed, mm-hmm. and I've been to places where it's really conservative. I don't even see a single woman on the street. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, I saw girls playing football. Mm-hmm. So is yeah, they are conservative region. And it's also very uh very socially developed region as well. Yeah, uh, and then I remember all those friends who has been on similar trip, right? They were saying, "Yeah, I just think you should just go ahead and do it." So your advice to them would be just do it, lah. Yeah, mean, don't do seek it. advice from those who never do it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you are going to get naysayers. Definitely, because they are imposing their limitations on you. Yeah, so you gotta be a little bit braver. Yeah, sense. and then the limitation are the, the your limitations are the one that you impose on yourself. Okay, that's good advice. That's good advice. Okay, um, last two last questions. Okay, what is your definition of legacy? Your definition of legacy? I think uh, <coughs> legacy is... Even when you die, right? People still know you something that you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for you? There's something that has an impact on people. Okay. That people will remember you for. Okay, but that's your, that's your definition yeah, of legacy. Okay. Okay. Like, it can be... Uh, something people build for their later generation that you can remember for uh, that has a profound impact and that's a legacy. Okay. Um, okay, we're wrapping up things. Okay. Okay, um is there anything you wanna add before we close this conversation? I feel like we have more things but I think we'll play now. Okay. You have anything to add, no? I think? I think yeah, so much you know we hesitate. Mm. I think hesitation gets you nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think I do it, but if I just, just do, do it, 
Just do it all. And the thing is, if you never try, you never know. Yeah, that's true. But people always say it's easier said than done. But again, we have to be a bit, little bit braver. Yeah, you have yeah. to sometimes take the first step. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I wasn't the, a very experienced traveler. Mm-hmm. I never rode big bike across to Laos mm-hmm. or Cambodia. I have a lot of friends who have done that. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I do not know how to fix a mechanic. I do not know how to um, speak all the languages in the world. Mm-hmm. But how do you manage? You, you learn along the way. Just every step at a time. Yes, everybody has uh, the first 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 step mm-hmm. where they don't know anything before they become better at it. So you, like people see me, oh yeah, you can motors, you can repair motorcycle. Of course, you have to go uh, but they don't know that. Before that, I do not know anything. Mm-hmm. But I learned along the way. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting story. I mean, yeah, you'd be great. Okay. Yeah. How can we support you? You have a website, right? Uh yes, I have a website, the wonderingwasp uh, dot com. Okay. So I have a donation link there. Mm-hmm. But I I also selling uh but I want to give something back in return. Okay. So uh I'm launching uh 2019 calendar okay. for sale. Okay. So I'll put it up on the Facebook page. Okay. So you have your Facebook uh it's all with the one wandering wasp. Wasp. Uh, Instagram is wandering wasp okay. um the blog okay. and also uh Facebook as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your okay. And before we close, last question. You're planning your next trip. Uh, after like maybe twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. After my sister's wedding. I'm going to wedding. She's getting married in September two thousand nineteen. Okay. So September after that, if I go back, it will be like winter. Mm. Not very good for riding in Europe. So push it to probably spring or summer. Okay. Yeah, after. So good luck with your to raise the funds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and okay. also I hope to get a book out before I leave. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Because okay. I, I feel that it's such a waste to just let everything just go into the social media abyss, you know. Social media is something you just yeah. Disappears. Yeah, one second people forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know you write a book. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, it stays there. It's something people can read. That is your legacy. That's yeah, maybe it. the book will be a legacy. Yeah, the book.